0: And welcome back to Jason Redmond's Moving the Needle, the show that is designed to push you to the limits of what you think you have the ability to do, and then move that needle just a little further. It is about achieving the highest levels of peak performance. It is about falling down and getting back up and driving forward and grinding and finding success again and again. And again, and I am fortunate enough to have some of the most amazing guests out there, high-level CEOs, athletes, entrepreneurs, influencers, individuals who are moving the needle globally, internationally, nationally, it doesn't matter. They are getting things done despite what anyone else says. They don't listen to the naysayers. They don't listen to the haters. They make things happen. And I got to tell you what, my guest today is one of them. He is an amazing individual. He's got a heart of gold. I tell you what, I met him out in California a couple of years ago. He's got this great big personality, but he is about as genuine as they get. And uh, you know what? He is. Uh, he he's played uh, a little bit of uh, the game they call football. That's right. He comes from the NFL. He is an NFL legend. He is a Super Bowl champion, spent a nearly a decade with one of the league's most as one of the league's most elite punters. He was a member of the New York Giants. He helped beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots in Super Bowl 46. He was a first team all Big Ten standout at the University of Illinois, Go Big Ten. He is an amazing speaker. He's got a huge social media personality. He is an incredible father. I love some of his videos where he highlights his kids and the things he does with his kids. He is the founder of Weatherford Fit. He is the host of the podcast, The Steve Weatherford Show, The Secrets to a High-Performance Life. And, uh, dude, he is a model of fitness, mindset, and literally moving that needle in your life. Today, it is my great honor to bring on my friend, elite performer, champion, Mr. Steve Weatherford, welcome to Moving the Needle, my friend.
1: Yeah, Jason, man, thank you for that amazing uh, uh introduction, man. To to hear somebody say things like NFL legend and and you know all the all these different uh, amazing things, man is is truly an honor. But I think you and I uh can both agree, dude, you can't say NFL legend and punter in the same <laughs> sentence. So thank you, man. I received the honor. But like everybody in the audience, man, I just want to thank you guys for, for allowing me just a little bit of time to uh, to share some of my experiences in my, my life. And and I'm sure we'll talk about some of the amazing elite things that I did. But but really what my my hope and my prayer is for spending time with you today is for you um, to realize that, that the people that come on this show with Jason um, I'm not going to say something cliche, like they put their, their pants on one leg at a time. Like you, they have fears, just like you have fears. They have anxieties just like you have anxieties, they have addictions, just like you have addictions. They have self-limiting beliefs. They, they went through sexual abuse when they were in seventh grade. And when I'm like explaining all these things, like, I'm not like imagining what, you know, anxiety would be like, or depression would be like, or, or getting sexually molested when you were in, in seventh grade or having drug abuse problems or having extreme ADHD and feeling like an alien in your own family. Like, it's great to talk about my Wikipedia page, but I'm, I'm lying to you. If I'm, I'm saying like, Hey, this thing's been smooth sailing and and I was a good person, dude, I've been radically safe informed. Um, so I am a man of integrity honor and accountability. I've been married for almost 14 years. I have five kids. By the time this comes out, I'll probably be okay for me to mention to people that I got a sixth one on the way. I don't know when this comes out. So you might have to edit this out. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But point point being, guys, is um, I have been a part of some really amazing teams that have done some really amazing things. And, you know, I've been able to go from 108 pounds um, as a freshman in high school, to the fittest man in the NFL, voted twice by my peers in the NFL, and I've done some really cool things. But really, what what I said earlier, man, my hope and prayer is for you to understand psychologically, um, what I was going through in those times. Because when I was winning Super Bowl trophies and holding them up, and everybody else is telling you how awesome you are and how awesome your team is, and to feel so empty about the person that you are inside of you, and we'll get into all of those things. But I really just wanted to keep it real from the jump with you guys um that that I'm hoping that by the time um we, we we close this episode down that you guys feel just related man and just feel like I'm not that much different than that person but but just like Jason says is getting off of that X requires you to take action and if you don't know exactly where you're going or even who you're supposed to become action creates clarity I've learned so much from creating relationships with people like Jason Redmond and I don't know if any of you guys um, know guys like Chad Wright or, or, and I'm sure we've all heard of David Goggins, but these types of men have, have gone through life experiences in order to share what they're sharing. They didn't go out and, you know, read books by Grant Cardone and I'm not taking a shot at anybody, but, but the, the men that truly want to push you forward in their life are the people that have gone through experiences and they want to share with you what was going on in their mind. Not just like, what did we practically tactically do as an operator in this mission, but what was going on in my mind? Because that's truly what people want to hear about. They don't want to. They don't want to have Tom Brady on your podcast and, and talk about all these Super Bowls that he's won because that doesn't inspire anybody. That actually alienates people because nobody listening to a podcast has actually won a Super Bowl. But if I was listening to Tom Brady's um, podcast. I wouldn't be related to him either. And I have a Super Bowl ring. I actually beat that dude (laughs) in a Super Bowl, but I don't even relate with Tom Brady. And and my point to mentioning that to you and then and then let's get into this discussion is it's the come up, man. It's the come up that inspires people. And what I mean, the come up is it's the story of them getting off their ex. It's the story of them taking action. In the face of adversity, because every person listening to this podcast, I don't need to take a poll on Instagram to to, to figure out whether or not you're in adversity, because this is a guarantee. You're either in adversity, human. you just came out of adversity, or you, you're just about to go into adversity. So, man, I'm just believing in the name of Jesus that our conversations are going to be guided and this conversation is going to be for you and not to build my brand and not for you to even remember my name. So with those things being said, Jason, thanks for having me on the show, man.
0: (laughs) No, man, you are welcome. I love it. I mean, you know me and those that follow me know that I am not afraid of talking about my failures. It's one of the great things that I love about you also and anybody out there. I think your greatest leaders out there are not afraid to talk about this is when I messed up and this is how I got back up and drove forward because that's what people can relate to. I, 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 you and I have both watched some amazing speakers. There's some great speakers out there that tell some amazing stories, but all they hit upon are the high points of their life. And after you're done, you walk away and you're like, well, that was a great story, but how do I incorporate that into my life? How do I learn from that? Well, you learn from the failures. You learn from the falls. You learn from when you get yourself up. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what this moving the needle podcast is all about. So, Steve, let's let's go back to the beginning. You know, you you were you were uh, um, you know you talk about how you became this you know 110 pound kid. I was right there with you. You know, I'm the most unlikely guy ever to become a Navy I know.
1: didn't have to do much to be to become the hundred ten pound hundred ten pound kid. <laughs> I, I, actually I, I actually did.
0: I actually did. I was like ex- the 95 pound. <laughs> But you decided to be an athlete, and you started running for it. So uh, tell me about this journey from high school being this, this uh, you know, undersized guy at the time into uh, how did you end up playing at the University of Illinois? I mean, this is a Big Ten major football powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this journey. How did you both build the mind and the body? Because there's, there's a lot of people out there right now that they're aspiring for that. How mm-hmm. did you do that? And what were some of the what were some of the setbacks both mentally and physically you had along the way?
1: Uh, uh great question. Um, I guess the first place I would like to start is what were kind of some of the adversities that I was facing. Well, I was 108 pounds as a 14-year-old. Uh that's I was the skinniest dude in my class, but I I didn't decide to be an athlete. I was an athlete when I was 108 pounds. I was quick, I was fast, I was coordinated, I was skilled, but obvious size was stopping me from doing really anything substantial athletically. And so that was one of the adversities. Another one of the adversities will extraordinary level of, of ADHD. If you guys haven't noticed, like I do go on rants, but through, through practice and really kind of like getting self-aware to when I'm powerful as a speaker and when I'm powerful as a person, and then where I have gaps that I, I get to work on. And it's about, I mean, I believe that's life. It's about learning different tips of tricks to be able to overcome different adversities that you have in your life, or maybe different character flaws that you have while you're working on them to not stop you from making progress in your life. And so my, my adversities were my adversities, but I believe um, really my, my drive of like, how do I, how do I motivate myself from where I'm at to, to where I want to go? And I think this works for, for anybody at, at any age And it's maybe not something that I rely on as heavily now, but in that season of really being on the ultimate baseline is, man, I got heroes, Jason. You know, I just, I picked different heroes for different facets of my life. And one of the heroes that I had was Hulk Hogan, you know, like he was so mother flipping confident, dude. It wasn't just his big muscles. Like he was so confident. He was so freaking like ultra American, you know? And I believe that's one of the reasons I am how I am now. Like when I meet somebody like you, dude, I mean, I was humping your leg for the first half day at badrus's mastermind when we, <laughs> we, when we were together, because I just appreciate America so much. And you guys are the ones that are like on the front line of the front line that honestly, we don't even know the stuff that you guys are doing. And so my point in like, you know, figuratively humping your leg and honoring you and, and, you know, just telling you how much I appreciated you when we, when we first met is, is because I, I chose a hero as a young child that, that chose to honor the flag and honor the military. And so that's become part of the fabric of who I am. And then another hero uh, that I chose was, was Bruce Lee. You know, Bruce Lee had a quote that I, that literally that I still repeat to myself is he said, don't be the man that practices 10,000 kicks one time. Be the man that practices one kick 10,000 times. And what that says to me is, don't just be a decathlete in life. Like be a specialist, be a Navy SEAL, be a Green Beret, be an Army Ranger, be a Marine Raider as what it is that you're doing right now. And I believe it's that mindset, that Bruce Lee mindset that actually allowed me to, to form myself somebody that could go into... In in my industry, it's not life or death for me, Jason, um, but it is a team, and there's a whole lot on the line when you're playing a football game in the Super Bowl, and there's 120 million people watching. There's so much hard work that you've put to get into there, but think about your 52 teammates, and then your 15 coaches, and the training stuff. So there's so much pressure in that moment, but I truly believe, because I, try, I picked a hero and tried to condition myself to think like that person would think, I was able to elevate myself into positions and, you know, into the big 10 and then into the pros and then into the elite performers of the pros and then to the record breakers of the pros. And I'm not saying these things to brag on myself. I just want you guys to kind of like follow with me what you, you choose to emulate, as, uh, eventually will predict who you are in the future and the DNA of the man that you are. Because if you're trying to be like somebody, that means that you are practicing some skill that they have. And, and eventually, just like you, Jason, it's muscle memory. You, you break down in uh, you know an AR-15 so many times that you can do it in your sleep. And then you break it down so many times that you can do it in your sleep when you're in the mud and somebody's yawning at you and there's rain coming down. That's, that is no different than what I'm explaining to you that I conditioned myself to do um, because I only have four plays a game. Like, think about that, Jason. I play a football game, but I only touch the field four times. I get paid a great sum of money for four plays. And how long does a play usually last? Seven seconds. So I'm on the field for 28 seconds a game. And, and I had a season where they were paying me 197 grand a week. That's $50,000 every seven seconds. Think about that. But how does somebody get to the point that they get paid that much money for that little amount of work? Conditioning. You don't land on top of, uh, an opportunity like that. And so, you know, and then I, I look back at, at these different, and, and then another hero I had at, at age 14 was Steve Prefontaine because he was so little, he was just a little peanut dick, yeah. nobody from Coos Bay, Oregon. He had one leg shorter than the other. He was short. He wasn't talented, but running didn't require height. Running didn't require one leg to be the same length as the other. It was a disadvantage. Just like for you, you know, so many things that you've been through has been a disadvantage. ADHD for for me has been a disadvantage. But I wanted to find somebody that had disadvantages, but overcame and then not over only just overcame, like you, you you overcame by coming back from all of your, your injuries. But not only did you come back, but you stuck it to the devil by writing books, creating podcasts, traveling the world, inspiring millions. But you had already made that decision. Before you, before you got torn up, Jason, that was already a mindset that was instilled inside of you, and it was practiced. There was muscle memory there, and so when you had a choice to make, not it wasn't like it was was easy for you to make, but you had so many reps, Jason, making decisions based upon commitments and not um, on emotions, because emotions are terrible leaders. And so for me, I'll, I'll tie it. I tied the bow on this with with Steve Prefontaine. Steve Prefontaine never quit, dude. And he, he ran a race one way. Like, uh, I don't know if, uh, if the listeners might know much about distance running and, and it's weird, still weird to me now, but it's so much strategy that goes into these races that are, are three miles plus. And Steve Prefontaine used to, to run these grueling three and five and seven and 10 mile runs. Um, and nobody back in the day, nobody freaking cared about distance running. You know, who wants to sit there and watch these skinny country club, white kids run around a track. For like 20 minutes. No, no thanks, bro. I want to watch some freaking electric athletes run for nine seconds, you know, or high jump over eight feet. I don't want to watch these skinny nerds that I could kick the crap out of three of them at a bar later. I'm not going to cheer for that. It's not (laughs) cool, right? But Steve Prefontaine found a way to make people freaking care about that. Like you and I went through adversity and overcame some adversity and achieved some things in order for people to care about us but Fontaine decided that he's going to run a race a certain type of way that is going to inspire people to care about what's going on with these skinny, geeky white kids. And that inspired me because nobody cared about that, but he made people care about that. And, 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 and he had no talent. And he only, when I say he only ran the race one way, he never used strategy. Like he didn't run a race and and stay in the pack or, or draft off of people. This dude ran a sprinted the entire thing. He never got out of first place. He would start in first place and he would, he would make this thing, uh, because these other white kids would make it a strategy chess match of like, we'll maintain this pace. And then in the last, uh, 1800 meters, we'll run this pace. And then no, Steve Prefontaine put the mother flip pedal to the metal, all gas, no brakes. If you want to go there, you're going to need to bleed to beat me. And so that mindset was something that inspired me because he wasn't big and strong like Hulk Hogan. Like I was inspired by what Hogan said and how he lived his life, but I didn't relate to the size of him. And, and I didn't relate to the, the the mental sharpness of Bruce Lee, but I knew if I could work on that and not, I knew I'd never get to Bruce Lee, but if I could just get like 100th of, the pers- of where Bruce Lee is at, that would be amazing. And so if, if, if at 14 years old, I just decided that I'm going to try to make decisions like those people and fail every day. But you you start to that and then it starts to become part of who you are. And before you know it, you're not trying to be a badass anymore, and you're not trying to be a Navy SEAL anymore, and you're not trying to be the strongest guy in the weight room anymore. You mother flipping are, yes. and that's 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 how I did it. Not to say there wasn't a ton of adversity and you know, blah, 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 but in that moment at 14 years old, that's how I got off the X. That's how I started to take action to get clarity. Because at that point, when I made that decision, I had never touched a football, but I made a mindset that it didn't matter what I went to go do, I was, I was going to use the same game plan because mindset, like Bruce Lee's mindset, will win everywhere. Uh, the confidence... And, and the freaking boldness, the Americanness of of Hulk Hogan will win everywhere. And being disciplined and never quitting, like Steve Prefontaine, will win everywhere. Well, and that and took me really far.
0: It, it did. It, uh, and it took you all the way to uh, Illinois. It took you to the NFL. And it took you to Super Bowl Forty Six, where mm-hmm. you kicked that game-winning field goal. That is a mindset. And those are moments that so many people um, – there's a massive level of stress. I mean, you nailed it. We were talking about it earlier. 110 or 150 million people watching this. I can't even imagine what was going through your mind, but it was a pivotal, a pivotal decision that truly set the stage to, to enable that win. All of that led up, in my opinion, all of that over your life. From that time as a kid who said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to drive forward, and you had these different heroes, but obviously you set the standard for an incredibly high level, because before that ever happened, you became the poster child for fitness. I mean, you were crushing it. You weren't the you weren't the typical kicker and punter, man. You know, you right. were voted one of the most fit men in the NFL, and it came down to that moment.
1: Not, not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna interrupt you. Not one of. Number the, one. Not the. Not once. Yes. Twice.
0: Yes. <laughs> the.
1: Absolutely. Let me put you back on the check. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, sir.
0: Thank you, sir. But it all it, it came, it came down to that moment that so many other people have faltered in those moments. You know, the stress, all of it came down, whereas you did not. You stepped up. And so many people in life are going to find themselves at one of these moments. It may not be on the same level of the Super Bowl, but it may be the pivotal moment for their life. It may be that moment where they find the most incredible person in the world Uh, and and that may be their future spouse and they're on that moment, but the the fear and the anxiety is up inside them, or maybe it's, it's a moment of life saving that it's a life and death situation and they have to choose on what they're going to do. How did that moment play out in your mind? What was going through it? Or did it just become, there were so many repetitions that occurred that you just cleared your mind and you just did what you do.
1: Um, It was a lot. That was a lot there. Um, And so I'm just going to repeat a question back to you, and 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 see if I I heard you right. So I'm what I'm hearing you say, Jason, is well, with all of the things going on, how were you able to execute in the the you know quote unquote biggest game of your life
0: in the biggest moment?
1: Yeah. Um. the The number one thing I would say, and I and I believe that you'll agree with this, is preparation you know, it's, there's so many hours that go into you doing all the drills with your teams before you guys actually go on any type of mission. So there's that, but then there's also before you actually go on the mission, the specificity with which you'll go through your game plan, and then you'll go through ulterior game plans and, and what if scenarios. So when they drop you into the the area where you're supposed to operate in. And I'm I'm not trying to speak for you. I'm just trying to relate this to football. I would assume that when you get into that area, you are anticipating emotions coming up and there's no way humans can stop our emotions from happening. But one thing preparation does for someone like you and for someone like me in those moments when our heart rate wants to go through the roof It's yes, those, those repetitions help, but it's knowing that you're not having to think as much. So when you don't have to think, you can actually be present in the moment and be like, and be aware to the fact that, holy balls, my heart rate's at 160 beats a minute. And I'm just sitting here. Let me take a couple of deep breaths. And then you realize, all right, now let's operate but if you're thinking about what you need to do and and where where Bobby's at and where the LZ is and all these different things you're not able to check in with yourself and be like holy crap dude I'm not going to be able to operate like this I can't even breathe and so in order for for us to be able to replicate the muscle memory that we've built up we have to be present and in order for me to be present I've realized that I had to be prepared for, to be present because when I'm thinking I can't execute. So I don't know if that really um, answers it really well for you, but absolutely the number one thing for me that if you're going to be put into a very hostile situation, knowing the scenario, kind of like when I got on here with you before we hit record, I asked you, I'm like, tell me a little bit more about your show. Tell me a little bit more about your audience. Tell me a little bit more about who the guest was before me. Prime example of, I want to know what I'm getting into not just so I can survive. I'm not worried about surviving here. I want to be valuable to the people that are listening to this. How many flipping podcasts do you think are out there, Jason? Guess what listeners? I have one too. There's so many podcasts out there. So I want to do a little bit of reconnaissance, a little bit of preparation. So I know that I can be what you need in this season.
0: I call that point man preparation. That's uh, that's called uh, the good and point you would man have out really there. Really cool name for it. Yeah. Well, go. hey, I'm launching a new program in 2021 called the Point Man for Life Program. There's four principles. Principle number three is gathering the intelligence and awareness of where you're going into, and then having the situational awareness for the indicators of the risk that it can it can occur in the moment. And, and going back to what you were talking about there, I call that singularity of focus. And, and it yeah. is it has saved my life and it has enabled me to overcome some major adversity so many times, the ability to just drown out all the other crap that's out there. You know, I, I, you, know you don't care about the crowd, believe it or not, in a gunfight, uh, there were moments where I didn't care about the bullets. I didn't care about the explosions because I had focus on the problem right. I was solving in the moment. And I hadn't been shot yet, so it didn't really matter. I wasn't going to think about that. So, all right, well, listen, we're going to take a break. Guys, we're going to come back. We're going to get into what Steve Weatherford is doing today. Because I tell you what, he's taken so many of these amazing experiences. I I Actually, we're going to talk about the end of his career. It got a little dark and where he drove forward from there that, in my opinion, really launched him into who he is today. And uh, an amazing journey. So we're going to take a break. We want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Bub's Naturals. We will be right back. Today's show is brought to you by Bubs Naturals, producers of the best collagen protein on the planet. How do I know? Well, I use it myself, and I am super stoked they partnered with us on our Moving the Needle show. Guys, life is about moving the needle, and Bubs is about moving the needle in your life. The reality is we're all slowly dying, and only through working out, good sleep, and good nutrition can we slow that aging process. And if you're like me, You've had a few crashes and collisions along the way. That's why I added Bub's to my morning routine. My JR Overcome Coffee has one scoop of Bub's Collagen and one scoop of Bub's MCT oil to get me going and to take care of my joints like my damaged elbow. As many of you know, in order to move the needle, you've got to be a point man for your life, setting the example, leading, building discipline and structure. Glenn Bub Doherty did this in his life, and Bub's Naturalist is honoring Glenn you may recognize his name because Glenn was a former SEAL and he was on the rooftop in Benghazi sacrificing his life. So Bub's is sacrificing by giving 10% of their profits back to charities. So guys, if you want to support a great company and if you want to support yourself, get 20% off your first order when you use promo code POINTMAN20 at bubsnaturals.com. That's 20% off with promo code POINTMAN20 at bubsnaturals.com. All right, guys, it is our amazing interview with Steve Weatherford, as we always do. We're going to jump into our after action, just like the SEAL teams do after every mission. We dissect and diagnose how everything happened. And I got to tell you, man, uh, Steve Weatherford brings the energy, man. He brings the thunder. That guy is just this ball. He's like, like a fusion reactor, man, all this pent-up energy, and then he just releases it. And I love it, man. I love listening to Steve you know, whether you are a Christian, whether you are a, a, an individual of faith or religion, you have to admire Steve's passion, his passion and his beliefs. And I love this. And I, and I especially love the fact that he's willing to get down into the depths of his, of his soul. And, and, and he talks about success and emptiness. Because here's a guy who has been super successful. He's a guy, he, he is a NFL champion. He was a Big Ten champion, uh, even though he, he laughs and he makes fun of himself. And he talks about, Jay, I really appreciate you talking about me. It's a legend. You know, he's like, punters aren't legends. But uh, he really was, because he set the example in so many of the things he did. Fittest man in the NFL. But what he talked about is success doesn't fill you. You see, you have to be happy with yourself. You've got to know who you are. Most importantly, you've got to know your mission and your values. And guys, this is something I'm really getting big into in 2021. I truly believe, especially coming off 2020, where we had so many issues, where we had so many hardships, so many people were struggling, so many people were laid off, COVID, just a lot of crisis was going on. And the difference I saw were the people who knew their mission and knew their values. Because if you know that- It doesn't matter if you have success or failure. You always know who you are and most importantly, where you're going. And then it just comes along. You know, now you're just on this path. You know where you're going. You know your mission. And Steve talked about the come-ups. It's the come-ups that inspire people. Because you see, if you always think that you're going to be successful, if you always think you're going to crush it, well, you're missing out on so many of the times that we have the opportunity to learn, the opportunity that we have to get better, to, to inspire others. And uh, it is that journey. And that's one of the big reasons why I talk about my failures. I talk about my fail- fall downs, my crashes along the way. And Steve does the same thing. And I admire that about him. I love that about him. And most importantly, if you are a leader out there and you're afraid to talk about your failures, you're afraid to talk about your screw-ups, You're missing out on an opportunity. You're missing out on an opportunity, one, to be real and to understand deeper into who you are. And number two, to connect and relate with people because none of us are perfect, man. None of us are perfect. And it is those come ups that inspire people. All right. One of the next things I want to talk about, Steve talked about mentors, heroes, role models, and he talked about Hulk Hogan and Bruce Lee, how they inspired him to become like them. And there were so many really cool nuggets out of this. I love the Bruce Lee quote he talked about because this is so foundational. uh, And it is understanding how do we truly become better in many of the things that we do. I think there are so many people that aspire for greatness, but they're not willing to put um, the work into it. You know, they're a little frenetic in what they're doing. And Bruce Lee talked about, you know, if you're trying to get good, don't do 10,000 kicks. So just 10,000 random kicks. He said, do one kick 10,000 times. <laughs> what? This is such a foundational thing. He's talking about perfection at a individual level. It's one kick that he does 10,000 times. And, and, and really, we, we talk about Malcolm Gladwell talked about this in his book, Outliers, that Elite performance doesn't truly happen until you get that level of of repetition of doing things 10,000 times till it becomes perfection. And it becomes perfection without even thinking about it. It becomes muscle memory. One of the big things we talk about in the SEAL teams, and I love this, and Steve talked about these guys. They were people he aspired to. And I think that's critically important. We all need to look for heroes, mentors, role models, people we aspire to be. But you need to be very diligent in who they are. If you're selecting role models and heroes that aren't truly at the level of where you want to go, well, you're never going to get where you want to go. You know, because there's all aspects of our heroes and role models that we want to emulate. So if there's flaws in their personality, nobody's perfect. But if there's flaws or they're not at the level that you want to go to, maybe you need to rethink that. You know, I mean, if you take it from a football analogy, if you're... Um, if your sights are set on, I remember in high school, we had a, uh, a a guy that was our quarterback and he was, I mean, he was, I mean, literally the cliche of the high school quarterback. I mean, he was super popular. He was good looking. Uh, he drove a Corvette, he dated one of the hottest girls in school. And I remember I used to be a little envious of him when I was a kid and, 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 you know, we were in school, you know, I was a nobody when I was in school and, but I'll tell you what. I have no clue what that guy's doing today. I don't see him out there doing anything. He sure didn't go on and play in college. He definitely never went to the NFL. I don't know what he's doing, and I wish the best for him. But I tell you what, if I had set my sights on him and he was my hero and role model, maybe I wouldn't be where I am today. So guys, choose wisely when you choose that hero, role model, mentor, and uh, let it guide you. But, but use it as that, as that light on where you want to go. You know, Steve also talked about um, there were a couple of different things that I really loved, and it was about not getting enamored with, with who you are, but when you re- especially when you reach this level of success. Um, I made this mistake as a young leader. I think I got a little too enamored with who I was, and then I stepped all over my toes and got myself in trouble. But Steve talked about, at the height of his career, he was making almost, uh, or he was making $197,000 a game. But he talked about what it got to give, that it, what it took to get there. And, it, and right now we live in a world where I think there are so many individuals that are out there that have this, I want it right now, this instant gratification mentality. I want to be a star. I want to be a champion right now. I want to be rich right now. But what Steve talked about is he had put in the work he had done the conditioning. And, and, man, I have a lot of friends that are in the coaching field, coaching, speaking, and they talk to me about, man, I want to make it big. I'm so hungry right now. I deserve it right now. I'm putting in all the same amount of work as everybody else. Well, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I mean, it's kind of a crazy world. For me, I'm just focused on no matter what, I'm going to continue to grind And it is the grind, it is the resiliency, it is the tenacity, and there's no guarantee you may ever make it, but I'll tell you what, you will never make it if you don't put in that grind, if you don't put in the work. And if you think that it's just, you know, you're entitled to it, you never know when that tipping point's going to come. And that's what Steve talked about. 99% of the super successful needle movers I know, they grind it out for years before they found success. I work my ass off all the time, man. I create content. I'm writing. I'm doing what I can to get my message out there. And at some point, you know, we'll all find that tipping point where you break through this relentless chaos of noise and static that is the media and the social media world. And that's what Steve talked about. He talked about for years he put in that work to get himself where he was at. He knew he would outwork anyone out there. He was a punter, yet he became the... the, Fittest man in the NFL, a punter. And to this day, he's still crushing in that. So, guys, stop focusing so much on how bad you want it or and and that you put in all this work for all this time and, you know, you start to think to yourself, it's unfair because you haven't got there yet. Keep grinding, man. Keep grinding. It will make a difference. Put in that work. It will come. I, I want to talk about another key point, and we will wrap up after action One. This was a, uh, this was, this hit me in the face a little bit like a, uh, a little bit like a Nerf bat. So during the interview, I was talking to Steve and, and I made the comment. I said, um, I said, Steve was one of the fittest men in the NFL. And I got to tell you, I love the fact, and I'm going to talk about one of my flaws here in a minute. I love the fact that Steve didn't hesitate right in that moment to say, JJJ, no. No, stop. He said, I was not one of the fittest men in the NFL. I was the fittest man in the NFL. And guys, this is such a critical point. And man, I I love Steve for this because I'm, I'm, um, (laughs) it's one of my flaws. As a matter of fact, I have several friends that are influencers, high-level coaches and mentors that tell me I need to sing my praises a little more. Um, and I'll be honest. I oftentimes can be, I'm told you're, you're too humble. I don't sing my successes. I don't highlight my successes. And I'll be honest. I think some of that just comes from, I, I failed because of my own arrogance. So maybe I'm a little gun shy and, and I feel like it's now arrogance if I sing my successes, but I got to tell you what in this world with all this noise, you know, there's a difference between arrogance. There's a difference between being conceited and 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 talking about your successes. Just like people can learn from your f- failures, people can learn from your successes. And Steve really kind of hit that home for me. Never be ashamed to say, "Hey, this is what I did." Uh, I probably would have let that go if somebody else was talking to me and they said, "One of the fittest men in the NFL." or whatever related to the SEAL teams, I would have just let it slide. But Steve didn't, he corrected me, he said, No, Jay, I was the fittest man in the NFL. So guys, elite performers are not afraid to highlight their successes. And I'll be honest, I got to be a little better about this myself. So, so many great nuggets in this. Uh, I just want to say, you know, I I tell you what, I love Steve's energy, how relentless he is. So we're going to wrap this up for part one. So many good nuggets, guys. Take them, heed them, apply them in your own life, and watch that needle start to move. Let's jump into part two. all right guys welcome back to moving the needle with jason redmond our amazing guest today is super bowl champion steve weatherford but guys he is so much more than that you know believe it or not his journey in the nfl was just a part of his life and instead he took those lessons and he has applied them forward and now he's doing it in all kinds of ways coaching inspiring still helping people on the fitness road but uh there was a dark time and guys, I've seen this so often between elite performers, CEOs, professional athletes, Olympic athletes, even even top tier military special operations guys that have been seen a lot of combat. They've been at a very high level. You know, we, we you get a little absorbed in your success and your egos and, and suddenly you start to fall victim to a life of excesses, you know you're, you're running along and everything's great, but Hey man, I'm going to get a little bump here. I'm going to drink a little more here, you know, and the next thing, you know, sex, alcohol, all these things and you start to fall into this vicious trap. And for some people, you know, they may recover from it. For some people it turns into a train wreck that ruins their life. Steve, you were going down that road at one point and, uh, (laughs) How did you turn that around? You talk about it now so that other people out there hopefully will not make those same mistakes you did, but you talk about it and you got off that X. Tell me about that. What made you decide this isn't the life for me? This isn't who I am.
1: That's a great question. Um, I would say my, my ultimate rock bottom moment was about three years ago. And I'll describe to you why that happened. Um, man, I've had teammates my whole freaking life, dude. You know, think about it. I've had I've had teammates since I was 4 years old until I was 34 years old. 30 years of my life I've had teammates, I've had accountability, I've had structure, I've had order, I've had collective vision, I've had collective suffering with with men. Um, and then I retired from the NFL and and the, the crazy part is is Jason's it was my decision to retire. You know, you said when you were introduced me, you played for almost ten years. I'll correct you there again. I played for ten years. That's a decade, and that was important to me to say, like I played for a decade. And once I did that, um, I, I didn't feel any different. And it's kind of like you know, for you as an entrepreneur and a leader now, and results are so important to you, and results are so important to me. That's why you're an operator. That's why I'm an operator. That's why we choose goals. We don't choose goals and put things on our wall because it's like a a trendy thing to do. That is our purpose is to go and get goals. When we took a break before we were listening to, uh, you know, the sponsor of the show, Bub's Natural is uh, Karma. Your dog came in and it was storm and you're like, Karma, chill out. It's okay, You know but karma has a purpose, right? Something Mm -hmm. startled karma that karma needed to bring attention to you and let whatever the, the adversity that the attacker was to let them know, hey, uh, 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 has a purpose. And so when I retired from the NFL, I, I didn't think my purpose was playing football anymore. I felt like I was called to something bigger and greater, but I didn't know what it was. And, but I knew I was going to find out because all of the goals that I continue to to set in the NFL is like first, when I'm from Terre Haute, Indiana, bro, It's like, dude, I just want to earn a scholarship. And then I was like, Hey, I just want to get into the NFL. And then you get to that goal. And you're like, man, if I could, if I could just get to four years in the NFL, like I'll, I'll, I'll be proud of myself and I'll feel accomplished. And, and, and as men and as leaders, we continually put these, the, the moment of happiness past the cognitive horizon, meaning like once we get to this point, I'll be happier. Once I get this much money, I'll be happier. Once I have, a marriage and this type of connected or then once i have this sex this many times per week i'll stop watching porn or once you know if, if my if my friends would stop doing this then i'll start doing that and they live their life in like reciprocity meaning they don't have core principles and they don't have an operating system right um so i want to pause that right there and just allow you guys to really kind of like look back on my life or look back on somebody like jason's life and and, uh, and one of the reasons my hypothesis it is one of the reasons that military men and and women and and pro athletes when they leave that brotherhood they have so many problems and and it honestly i don't believe it has as much to do with the trauma sustained while in battle or the injuries or whatever it is that that, that is causing the depression when they leave that brotherhood it's the isolation because the way God created us, Jason, was to be in relationship. And, you know, on the sixth day, God created Adam and Eve. So uh, it was a good thing so they could be together because Adam was lonely. And, and I'm not talking about relationship just with the man and a wife. That's great and everything. And, and that has its place. But in order for men to lead men and men to lead their marriages, it says in scripture, iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And it also says scripture that if men want wisdom, they need to go be with other men. And it says, if women want wisdom, they need to go seek counsel of elder women. So you and I, we can be the same exact age, or you could be younger than me and we could spend time together and I could get better. I can improve. I can sharpen. I can gain wisdom and knowledge and understanding by just being with you. And we benefit from that our entire lives until we leave that brotherhood and we go out and be entrepreneurs and speakers and and supplement owners and all these things and we see the and we have these different goals that we set for ourselves, right, Jason? Get a supplement company to to 20 million and sell it, you know, get this to here and then, you know, sell it. And we set all these goals for ourselves. But what we don't realize that we don't have any, well, we realize we don't have it anymore, but we don't realize how special it is. And that's teammates. Mm -hmm. We're pursuing all these things. We're operating on all these things by ourselves. And what that will end up doing because we're not doing it in relationship the way that God created us to do, that's why drugs become issues for highly successful people. Because they're freaking lonely and they're depressed. And I want to circle it back to karma. If karma didn't have a purpose to protect you, she'd start digging holes in the backyard and then she would die because that's what happens to German shepherds when they have a purpose and a military dog. And then they're kind of like put out to pasture and they're just like put in like a a dog farm or whatever. And they don't have a family. They don't have a purpose. They end up digging holes and then they die. They'll, they'll just die because they don't have any purpose. How are we any different? God created those animals. God created us. We're supposed to have a purpose and we're supposed to have brotherhood and we're supposed to have relationship. And so I believe that personal development, it has got it all wrong. They, they want you to like, oh, you're sad. Oh, you're depressed buy this program. Come to this thing and, 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 and fix yourself, dude. All of the wisdom that you need, I'm writing a book right now. And the only reason I'm writing a book right now is to get people to ultimately go back to the book that is giving my, me my wisdom that I'm writing in this book. My book is supposed to be a segue to get you to the ultimate bestseller of all time. And what I've learned in this ultimate bestseller of all time that has fixed my life is inside of it. It's the relationship inside of it for the first 36 years of my life, Jason, I grew up in a Christian home where we went to church and did all these things and read the commandments. But every time I went to church, I felt like a piece of shit, dude, because don't have sex before you, before you get married. Yeah. Okay. Don't do drugs. Don't drink alcohol. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't cheat. I was an all-star at all of those things. So why would I ever want to go into a church when I feel like I'm burst into flames? All I do is feel bad about myself when I'm in here that's religion, right? But at 36 years old, about three years ago, um, I had a relationship with, with another guy that introduced me into a church that, that, that kind of like pushed religion to the side and introduced me into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And what's the difference between religion and, and relationship is your car when you're 16 years old. If you have a You wreck your car and you pull your cell phone out. You and I didn't have cell phones back then. I didn't have a beeper, but you go to the payphone, you call your dad. You're like, dad, I screwed up, man. Freaking wrecked my car. And you know, he's going to kill you, right? At least I knew that my dad was going to kill me If I did something stupid, the difference between religion and relationship is Jesus, God, when you make a mistake, they don't want to punish you, man. They want to help you through these problems. And so for the longest time, Jason, I was looking at it like, like, oh, I don't want to make mistakes. I don't want to curse. I don't want to do these things and do this and everything that was like natural to me was against the rules. And so I just felt bad about it. And so any of my problems that I had anxiety, depression, drugs, porn, any of these things I struggled with, the last thing I'm going to do is bring it to somebody that makes me feel bad about it. Right. Right. But that shifted three years ago. Um, When, when I just started to actually like study the Bible, not like read it and like what, which one of these verses is going to tell me how big of a piece of crap I am. That's what it used to be. And now I'm looking at it for, for wisdom and for principles on, on how to raise my five to be six children and how to make sure that my wife of 14 years, I've been with her in my teens, my twenties, my thirties, and soon to be in my forties. That's four decades, dude. I've only been around for 37 years. (laughs) <laughs> but how do you evolve through all of these different phases and seasons of life and stay married and stay in love with somebody unless you have a guidepost? And so when I was talking to you on the earlier segment about how did I get off the X at 14 years old, dude, it was those heroes that helped me to get unstuck and to be successful, right? Well, then I became wildly successful, Jason, wildly, like by my terms, no, no hometown has done the things that I've done. I'm about to write a New York bestseller in the name of Jesus. Like that's going to happen. I know that, and I'm not saying these things to be cocky. I'm just telling you that the heroes that I had at 14, that, that kind of helped form and shape the, the mindset and the mentality and the operating system that I had to be a pro athlete didn't allow me to hold that Super Bowl trophy and feel good about the person that I was. I only felt good about the skills that I had. So when when I would go into a room with people, if you don't feel worthy or like you're worth something, you're always going to think that you need to do or be or give in any type of relationship just to belong there. And it's just an awful way to live. And so a radical thing happened for me three years ago is I got saved when I was 11. But when I was 36 years old, I decided to to not compartmentalize where I let God die in my life. You know, I, I would only, for the first 36 years, I would pray before I would eat or I would pray before a football game because uh, because I struggled with worthiness. I I was scared to death that my teammates, that my coaches, that the fans, that my wife were gonna figure out that I wasn't as good as what everybody thought that I was. And so my rock bottom moment came when I had a couple million dollars in the bank, living in a beautiful house, car, Four beautiful kids, uh my marriage wasn't good, but she wasn't cheating on me. I wasn't cheating on her. it was toxic, but like on paper, like like on paper, my life was perfect, dude, but here I am, like putting drugs up my nose because I want to feel different like everything's perfect. Why am I not happy? Yeah. It doesn't make sense like I'm a pretty good person, like I don't like cheat or steal or any of these other things. Why don't I feel good about my life? Why don't I feel good about my marriage? Why don't I feel good about the amount of money I have? Why don't I feel good about my body? Why don't I feel good about anything? And then it sent me on this vision quest of like life purpose. I didn't feel like I had a life purpose, but also I want to circle this 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 also back to, I have life teammates, man. I did not have life teammates. I didn't have people that after a long day at work, you're in the sauna with them and and they're really struggling in their marriage and and, and it just happens to, to come out. And then you have a conversation. You don't have therapy or anything, but you just, you just, you're able to get it out. Or maybe when you're in the cold tub with one of your teammates and, um, and you're, you're having a hard time getting off of the Percocets that, that the doctor has you on so you can play and, You're supposed to not need them anymore, but now you can't sleep. Jason, I know you know what that's like, dude. You've probably had so much medication that you've had to take with all your different surgeries. And and I'm, I'm speaking to the choir when I'm speaking to a military audience that loves America, dude, we freaking get it done in America. If you have an injury, you still find a way to get it done. That's what we're built on, man. Take a drug, find a way to get it done. Don't check in with yourself, get it done. It's one of the reasons I love this country and I love you and I love what we represent, but it's also one of the reasons that we're not healthy, that suicide is high, that obesity is high. It's because we don't have fruitful relationships. We don't have common purpose. We're all divided. And and there's been, you know, I'm not sure when this podcast is coming out, but we just had this, this election And with the voting and all this crap that's going on, and there's just been a lot of talk of it, but let's push that to the side and just talk about this quote for a minute. Every action that you make and everything that you say is a vote for the person that you want to become. Think about that for a minute. So when you think about choosing a hero, it used to be Bruce Lee and Hulk Hogan and and Steve Prefontaine. But three years ago, Through studying the Bible and actually seeing what this thing was about, the reason Jesus was sent to earth, a perfect human, was to give us an example of what we get to shoot for. And so there's no amount of money that we're going to get that's going to bring us fulfillment because our true fulfillment is to build kingdom and and, and build relationships. And the way that we do that isn't through building and achieving all these different results that men Take so much pride in, but I'll just be the man that tells you that's achieved quite a few things at 37 years old. None of these things that you're going to achieve are actually going to give you fulfillment. They're going to maybe bring you a little bit more comfort. And I'm absolutely not saying money's not important. Oh, I got, I'm about to have six kids. I need some money. <laughs> and, and when I do my coaching, guess what? I love Jesus Christ. And we talk about faith and business and discipline and all these different things, getting off of the X. These dudes pay me money. Because money's important. But in order for people to get off the X, they got to put a little skin in the game. So, So, Steve, I'll I'll pause that right there because I know you were writing some things down.
0: Yeah, man. And let's let's you, it is amazing where you've come from and where you are and how you've blended all these things together now to be able to help others. I mean, you nailed it right there. You know, when I'm coaching, you now have taken your fitness levels and the skills you have learned in fitness. Fittest man in the NFL, the cover of oh, Muscle man. and Fitness. Come on, man! And now you're Jesus still name. doing it, man. I was I was scrolling your Instagram before we did, and you posted a picture not that long ago, dude. It's the ripped rippest I've ever seen you, dude. You posted a picture about something coming soon, dude. That picture is rocking, and you are helping others to achieve those levels of fitness. But it's so much more than that. You you want to help people become the base for the best version of themselves through mindset, through family, through spirituality. And you're doing that through some of these programs, uh, multiple programs, the Mighty 300 program. You're doing it through um, the devotional that you're bringing people together. I want you to tell me about some of those things because this is what you're doing now. And I guarantee right now, there are people that are listening that are they're They're like, dude, I'm at rock bottom. i'm steve weatherford i'm that dude outside of my house snorting up into my nose because i have a great life but i'm unhappy i'm someone that has an amazing family with kids and i'm out cheating on my wife because i don't know why i don't know why i'm doing this and i feel like a piece of shit you are helping people to move past that tell tell me about those programs
1: yeah uh to to, to speak on that thank you man I'm, i'm honored that you said that um But I I believe this, man, is, is if men are willing to show their scars, that actually gives other men permission to heal. Because there's men that are freaking wounded right now, open wounds right now in their marriage, open wounds in their physical, open wounds in their addictions. They're busted up right now. But it's not until another man that says, hey, man, I also struggled with that let me tell you the story and let me tell you the one, two, three steps that I did. I I had a conversation with this person. I actually let these people know so they could support me here. And then I went to these types of meetings. And it's it's not until conversations like that are had with people that like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Steve was addicted to porn or Steve was addicted to drugs or Steve was addicted to that. I'm not telling you guys this thing. Uh, You know how embarrassing that is to say like, I had a really hard time eradicating porn completely from my life. That's not, nobody's proud to say that, dude, I'm six foot three, 240 pounds. And that's not a cool thing to say. Like I I was a slave to this. Yeah. When I was sad, when I was triggered, when, when, when I wasn't happy with life, this always comforted me. That's not something like that. You're, you're proud to say, but I also know this 90% of men struggle with it, but nobody wants to talk about it. So if that is something that, that, that you struggle with, you want to know a little bit more about how I eradicated that from my life. Um, I I actually have a podcast that I call porn pandemic. If anybody wants to go listen to that, uh, my podcast is the Steve Weatherford show. Sorry, this is not a plug. I just actually want to help these guys is it's called the porn pandemic, uh, the Steve Weatherford show. And then to what you just said, uh, talking to guys about what I'm doing right now. Well, obviously, you actually kind of cued me up to talk about what I'm doing right now. So my podcast, The Steve Weatherford Show, would be the number one place where, man, I would love I would love for you guys to just go and, and just listen and and get value. And, and if it speaks to you, man, share it with people. That's the number one place I'm putting my intention right now because I see what's going on on Instagram. And yes, I'd love for you to follow me. And I'm hyperactive on there but I also know what's going to happen in about a year is they're just going to turn Instagram off completely. and Nobody's going to see anything unless we pay money. And to be honest with you, I have a whole lot more to say than 140 character caption at a time. Um, and I'm just not concerned with likes and comments anymore. Like, yes, it still feels people appreciate your stuff. But at the end of the day, I have a different purpose right now. And it's not to get a million Instagram followers. If, if that, that happens awesome but give me a hundred thousand people that listen to my podcast every single time it comes out and I know that God is going to move inside of that that tribe and that's all and if it's only ten thousand that's fine if it's only 10 if it's only a hundred that's fine Jesus Christ only had 12 and he was able to have a massive influence on the earth I'm not saying I'm Jesus Christ I'm saying I'm carrying his message of hope and if it if if I only have 12 people that are willing to listen to what I have to say those 12 people can talk to 12 people and those people can talk to 12 people and i feel like it's the john maxwell quote man if you really want to to not improve somebody's life but if you want to freaking transform their life light yourself on fire and people will come from miles around to see you burn and i believe that's what jesus was he was freaking radical man you know he wasn't like oh you slap this cheek, go ahead and, and smack this other one. He was that, like yes, he was patience, yes, he was he was love, yes, he was unconditional, but he was also a warrior. Exodus 15 three The Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. Jesus Christ wasn't a pussy, and so that to me, the more I learned about him being a warrior, the more I was actually able to see Hulk Hogan in Jesus Christ, and the more I was able to see like, man, Jesus Christ carried a cross that far, and it weighed that much. And he actually just allowed people to do that to him. Man, that's Steve Prefontaine tough. Wait a minute. These people said all these things and and the devil tempted Jesus Christ like this. And mentally, he didn't break down and just say like, you're right, dude. I am the son of God and I can jump off of this cliff and nothing's going to happen to me. Now give me some food. Jesus could have just made food, but he didn't want to prove anything to the devil. He was mentally tough like Bruce Lee. And so I've just been able to see all of the character traits of a champion through studying the Bible. I've been able to see it in Jesus. And I know that sounds like so like preachy, but man, I'm just keeping it real with you, Jason. It'd be awesome if, if, if the guys on here, like were intrigued by what I have going on and they want to join me for a free mighty 300 daily devotion or devotional on Monday mornings that I host with my son or the King's council where men pay money to get on coaching calls with me twice a week, and then to benefit from all the other business Uh, leaders that are inside of there that help them launch and scale their business. That's awesome too. But at the end of the day, I have one mission coming on this show is to introduce people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, not into religion, man. I needed to read the Bible a little bit to like see badass qualities in Jesus Christ. And once I saw those things, I could trust everything else that, that God said was true and fair and right and honest. And to me, that's how I choose To live the purpose of the rest of my life every single day because it's something that matters. It's something that matters and it brings not just me fulfillment. I know I'm doing my father's work and I know this will not be wasted because when I die, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll pass it back to you. When I die and I'm standing before God, he's gonna ask me two things, Jason. He's gonna say, because of the talents that I gave you and the time that I I breathed into you, what did you do with those talents? Who did you impact? How did you multiply and increase that impact? I want to be able to stand before my creator and say, God, I freaking maxed it out. I wasn't perfect, but my heart was always for you. And the next question he's going to ask me is because I gave you life, how many people received me in eternal life? I want to be able to look over my shoulder, Jason. I want that line to be so long that I can't see the end of it. But in order for that to happen, it's not just about going on a podcast and like, talking about Jesus the whole time. It's actually being able to let people see in your life where God transformed and renewed you because it also says this in scripture, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Do not grow weary in doing good for in due season, you will reap if you don't give up. And I know a lot of people listening to this podcast right now feel like they're stuck. They feel like they're in the middle. Yeah. Everything in the middle feels like failure. My mentor just said this to me on a coaching call a couple of weeks ago. Everything in the middle feels like failure. It's true. My NFL career, I felt like I was pinching my butt cheeks every single training camp to make the team. But now, looking back on that chapter of my life, we sit here and talk about all the records that I had. But when I was in the middle of it, I vomited before every single pro football game that I ever played in. That, that's like a, a known fact. Ask any of my teammates. It's like a thing I did. The national anthem, we would sing it. And then I would turn around and there would be a manager that I gave $2,000 bonus to at Christmas time every year. And he had to hold my puke bucket, hold an orange Gatorade to give me after I vomited because that would chase the puke away because I didn't have time to brush my teeth because the game was starting about 30 seconds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, everything amazing. in the
1: middle feels like failure, man. It's everything. so true
0: and so many people feel that way. You know, that it's the, the journey. I tell so many people you got to stay the course. You got to stay the course. Once you set that destination and you set those goals, you know, you got to bust that compass out and got to stay the course cuz man, when you're on the course and you're in the darkness you can't see the end. And it's so easy to think I'm not making it. But if you pull your compass out and you know you're on course, you know you're going in the right direction. And you're yeah. doing it through so many different ways. You're doing it, obviously, through through faith. You're doing it through fitness. You're doing it through family. All these amazing things. Ah, All right we uh there's so much more i wanted to get into but unfortunately we're running out of time
1: <laughs> I, I talk i talk a lot man <laughs> so no it's you all probably, good you you probably came in here incredibly well prepared with like 50 questions and i think we probably got the three of them <laughs> yeah
0: that's all good that's I'm, all good I'm sorry, people man. can follow you uh we'll, we'll hit that up in just a minute yeah i wanted to talk a little bit about going to poland and wim hof and breathing and all this other stuff we but gotta that's do a okay volume
1: too man yeah that's now, all right we'll have to too.
0: have you back that's all it is so I want to close with this question. It's a question I ask everybody. Uh, what if there is one word that describes Steve Weatherford at this point in his life, what would that word be?
1: The first word that came into my mind was gritty, but I, I want to say bold, you know, because I'm standing for something now. Like, I feel like gritty is like maybe the, the after ingredient that you need after being bold, because if you're not bold and you're just gritty, what are you, what are you being gritty for? So I would say bold right now, man, I believe I'm willing to, to have conversations and go places that I was never willing to do or go. If I was ever come onto a podcast like this, I would be trying to build my brand or my business. I, I wouldn't wearing a t-shirt that says Jesus is king and 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 speak in his glory the way I that I it. am because he's renewed and transformed me, man. So uh my mission is his mission, man. So I would say bold.
0: I love it, man. And you you said it right there. Be bold in your beliefs. And you have, dude, all the way through this show and bold in your faith, bold in everything that's happened. I mean Yeah, you're right. There's so many people that would not be willing to stand up and say, man, I struggled with porn. And there's a lot of people out there that have, I mean, it is a epidemic. I mean, you just can, there's so many things that are out there in this day and age, so easy access that people are struggling. I love the fact that you have taken that bold stance. So brother, it is uh, awesome, man. There's so many lessons that you have to give and uh, we will definitely have to have a part two. Um, where can people find you? Where can they go? You know, we talk about the IG, if it's still going to be around, who knows, you know, all this craziness, but for right now it's there, where do they find you on the socials? If they are interested in your your mighty 300 morning devotionals, if they're interested Mm -hmm. in the King's council, where do they go?
1: Yeah, I was, there's, there's, there's three places I would send you. First one would be my podcast. Uh, the second one would probably be to text message me. Uh, one thing, that I've I've started doing this year because everybody's so isolated, and I understand when when you get isolated uh, and you're you're suppressing that need for relationship. That suppression creates depression, and so I've been text messaging people uh, every single morning. You know, messages of hope, messages of motivation. Sometimes I'll send an audio that really just speaks to me in the morning really gets me going. Um, and then I'll send uh, updates when my podcasts come out. So I would say text me. Um, if you don't mind putting my number in the show notes, it's uh, 949-763-5934. And then the other place um, would be Instagram, at Weatherford5. I, I, uh, I post usually once every other day, um, and it's typically a pretty long caption because I've I don't need you to just like my pictures of my muscles. I'm, I'm past that phase. And I appreciate the people that still hung around for the, for what the phase that I'm in right now. Um, But check out my Instagram stories, because that's where you'll really see my life unedited and, and how I am with my family Um, and and just my real life. You know what I mean? So um, I appreciate you guys, Jason, man. Thank you for sharing your platform and and allowing me to speak my truth on your man. I love your mission. I love what you're doing.
0: All right, if you guys have not figured it out yet, Steve Weatherford is an explosion of energy. He likes to talk, man. He gets on a rant, and he is just going, man. He's like the Energizer Bunny. You turn him on, and he just doesn't stop. And I love that about Steve. He's so passionate. And and he really is an intelligent guy. I love some of his insights and, and his passion for his beliefs. Obviously, you guys can see Steve has so much passion for his faith. And once again, I mean, there's some of you out there have an open mind. I know there's some out there that they're not fans of religion. There's nothing wrong with that's up to you. For me, I'm a man of faith. Steve is a man of faith. And I love that. I love his passion about it. So if you're not, I'd say use it as a lesson in conviction in your beliefs. Because I think that's something that's critically important. And I also want to talk about when we're going along, I want to go back to success. I want to talk about three different parts in this after action. Number one. There are so many people, so many successful people out there who on paper have everything. They've got money. They've got, you know, hot wives. They've got success. They've got cars, boats, you know, big companies, whatever it is. And they are super unhappy. And Steve talked about that, man. I thought there was so Probably He talked about everything was perfect, but I was busted up. I played for 10 years and the rock bottom moment came. I had millions on the bank. On paper, my life was perfect, just like we were talking about. On paper, my life was perfect, but I wasn't perfect. I was putting drugs up my nose and I kept asking myself, why don't I feel good about myself? Guys, I know this is resonating with so many of you out there. It's a flaw of being human. Why? Because things don't bring happiness. If you are not happy with who you are, Things aren't going to bring you happiness. And all of us say, so many of us, we think, especially elite performers, type A personalities, we all think, once I get here, I'll be happy. Once I achieve this level of money, I'll be happy. Once I have this exotic car, I'll be happy. Once I buy this boat, blah, blah, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And and it's a really dangerous, dark, insidious cycle because, you know, things then can become drugs or alcohol or conquest, sexual conquest, whatever it is, the reality is this, you're never going to be happy with things until you're happy with yourself. That is the reality. And what does that come back to? Well, it comes back to purpose, it comes back to mission, it comes back to values, and it comes back to be very clear in who you are and who you want to be. Steve had a great quote, I love this, and I don't know if Steve came up with this Or someone else wrote it. I'm giving him credit for it. He said, every action that you make and every word that you say is a vote for the person that you want to become. Ooh, I'm going to read out one more time. Every action that you make and every word that you say is a vote for the person that you want to become. Guys, this falls directly in line with my three rules of leadership. Number one, you've got to lead yourself. Structure, discipline, positivity, how you take care of yourself, my, my Pentagon of Peak Performance. Number two, your ability to lead others, to project that positivity, to motivate, to inspire, to help others. Number three, to lead always. You can't pick and choose when you're going to lead. If you follow those rules, if you're careful of the words that come out of your mouth, you will become the person you want to be. Understanding your mission, understanding, knowing where you're going to go. It is critical to know your values and mission. And for Steve, when he left the NFL, he understood that his purpose was bigger. For him, his purpose became his faith. It became helping people and helping them find that journey towards Jesus. And once again, you know, some of you out there, I know you're rolling your eyes because I, I just personally feel in, in, in this current time, you know, we're, we want to have equality in all these different areas, but I feel like Christianity is an area that so many people want to push away or make fun of the Christian faith. And I applaud Steve for his, his conviction in it. So uh, if we're in a day and age where we're looking at equality across the board and we really should be, that should be the same area. And, and there should be respect for Steve and his conviction and his beliefs and his purpose. And I love the story he told when Karma started barking in our interview. Um, and uh, actually that might've been off camera, but there was a portion where Karma starts barking. My service dog, Karma, was in the room when we were filming And Karma started barking. And Steve talked about, uh, he started talking about, you know what's so beautiful about that? Because I was telling Karma, it's all right. What happened is somebody walked into the studio while we were recording and Karma started barking. And Steve said, you know what's so great about that? He's like, your dog, your service dog, this German shepherd, his purpose is to protect you. And, and he knows that about himself. That is his goal. And without that purpose, he would be lost. Without this job to, and he does, he follows me around. He loves me unconditionally. Um, and if he did not have that, he would be lost. Guys, you have to figure out what your purpose is. When you do The things that you have in this life are great. The money we make in this life is great. I want to make money too. I want to be able to take care of my family. I want to have nice things. But at the end of the day, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know what your purpose is, if you haven't defined your values and mission, none of that's going to matter. At the end of the day, it's understanding your purpose. It's so powerful. And Steve talked about that. The other thing he talked about, guys, is when we lay out this purpose, when we lay out this path, I talk about this in the new program I'm launching in 2021, the Point Man for Life program. It's all about, are you on course? And one of the things that often happens, and I'm really guilty of this, um, and and a lot of leaders are, a lot of type A personalities, we kind of get bored easily. We have big ideas, big visions, and then we develop plans to execute those visions and, and our mission and purpose and then we get into the grind of executing. We get into the journey and we start to have doubts because we're not getting there fast enough. We've been set back. We start to question, are we on the right plan? And Steve talked about that. I love it. He said, you've got to trust the process. You have to trust your plan. Guys, when, um, when I was a SEAL, we would do combat swimmer missions. We trained for combat swimmer missions. So and a combat swimmer mission is we would do uh, dives um, to, to get to a specific location or a target, whatever it is. We did them at night. It was dark. I won't go into all the details, but I will say one of the things that we utilized is we knew, um, we knew how far we had swam. There was a certain method that we did that, and, and that we, we planned out our entire route by following a compass bearing for a specific distance, and then we'd make our turns, and everything would be laid out. So here you are, you are in the blackest of black guys. I can't, I can't tell you if you are swimming in a harbor, a dirty harbor, it's night. It is a black that you can, you can never fully understand. Um, It is a soul crushing blackness and you can't talk to your buddy. The silence is deafening and you're swimming along. And the only thing you can see is the faint glow of this compass. And you see so often you start, you have no clue where you are. You are relying on nothing but preparation, the study of your mission, laying out this course, you know, based on distance, based on following this compass bearing. And and really that compass is your anchor and you have to trust that compass. You have to trust your preparation. And so often there are doubts in the darkness and guess what? That's normal. But if you did the work, if you did the preparation, if you studied and you got ready then you just got to trust your plan. You got to trust your compass. And 95% of the time, if you execute on it, you will reach that destination. I love it, guys. So, hey, trust your compass. Stay on course. The last thing I want to hit on, man, Steve talked about his word of the day. He talked about be bold, bold in your beliefs. And guys, that is so powerful. Um, You cannot deny that Steve Weatherford is bold in his faith, man. He is unashamed to talk about his failures. He is unashamed to talk about at, at, at times in his life where everybody thought he was so successful. He was the picture of, of success, beautiful home, beautiful wife, kids. And he was addicted to porn. He was addicted to drugs. He was ad- addicted to alcohol and all these things. And, and then he changed his life and, and move back down the path of faith. And now he is so bold in his faith. He is just shouting from the rooftops. And I love that. If you know your purpose, be bold in it. Shout it from the rooftops. Talk about it. You should just be out there. Just, just. It's amazing how being bold and courageous in your beliefs, what it can do for you. So uh, such a great interview. So many great tidbits of information that Steve gave us. Uh, I really highly encourage you guys. If you don't follow him, go follow him on the socials. He puts out great content, both on fitness and faith and, and on uh, really driving forward with your purpose. Huh, man. All right, so I'm fired up. That was a great uh, just great interview with Steve Weatherford. That's our after action part two. Guys, if you if this is the first time you've ever listened to Jason Redmond's "Moving the Needle," go to uh, iTunes. make sure you click on that little subscribe button. We are constantly putting out, uh, every other week we interview another great influencer, leader, someone out there that has made a difference and truly moved that needle in their lives. So please, subscribe to the show, share it with your friends, write that five-star review and tell us, tell us why you love that show, man. Let's get this message out there because what I want to do, man, I want to be able to enable all of you to move that needle in your life and find success to become the best version of yourself. All right, this is Jason Redmond's Moving the Needle, and I am out.